0: I knew early on, though, from, like, the onset of this idea before I even came to you about it, I was like, I, I want to do comfort films. I definitely want to do comfort films.
1: There's something, how would I put it? Um, It's weird because there are certain movies that you could just sit down and watch and just be happy.
0: And not even watch. It's like what we were talking about earlier about um, uh, laundry, laundry fold movie. But yeah. you don't even have to be in the same room. You just hear it from the other room, and it just kind of gives you that—that that, uh, what was I saying? It's like a blanket. You know, you sit down, and where you're in the other room. You're doing errands. You're doing chores, and it's just like it's just warm. It just yeah. makes you feel good. It's uh, nostalgia. Depending on the movie, I'm I'm actually I have not seen your list yet, and I don't think we've really gone over anything on mine either. So I'm excited to see each other's reactions. No, because I, I'm more, I'm, I'm, I think I'm more interested in the story behind how this became a uh, a comfort film for you.
1: Yeah. Well, mine. A lot of my movies are based off of like movies that I watched with my family. So like these movies that we would just free watch with a pizza on Friday night. It wasn't always a. Because let me tell you something. Growing up, I wasn't a movie theater kid. And I wasn't a blockbuster or Hollywood video kid. Really, like we were not. My what were you watching
0: out. on then? Like just just reruns on cable.
1: Rerun, not even cable, dude. Just reruns of movies. Like a movie would come out on VHS, mm-hmm. and my dad would buy it, and we just would run. We would just wear that shit wear out. Wear it out. Yep. And there was just so there was just a couple of movies where it's like, fuck, man, we could watch these movies all the time, and they were just so funny, yeah. and it they stood the test of time, to be honest. Like, and some of them like my wife ashley introduced me to so they just made you feel good like oh this movie just reminds me of when we were dating Mm. like when we were in high school that first year of dating when she was introducing me to things like so um i think only one of the movies on the list was a movie that i watched on my own yeah and like decided that i really liked and i just i'll put it on all the time because it has like I, i don't know i just think it's really interesting but we'll bring it up
0: are any of yours animated
1: no, and I feel like because we might have an animated segment. So. I definitely
0: want to do animated films. Yeah, you know whether it's just Pixar, or DreamWorks, or whatever. But I'm surprised from our first episode and our first recording, and and I think I have a feeling today too. Like now you've said none of yours are animated. I feel like am I overlooking animated movies when I think about my favorite movies? You know. Well, if we were
1: that's the thing like how how big can you make these lists like we can't just be i mean we technically can be here for five hours (laughs) we can record whatever but uh but the reality i think it's
0: really just more a a question of like how patient can the listeners
1: be (laughs) yeah and the thing is like yeah there's a bunch of animated movies you know what movie i was thinking about a lot for this list um it's not on my list we're doing like six movies this time um so it didn't make it but i was thinking of lilo and stitch Really? And there was something about that movie when it came out and though just being I always wanted to go to Hawaii and mm. surfing was always a thing I liked and I was like, Man, that's mm. or like an extremely goofy movie.
0: Okay. I would say the first goofy movie I really would It be was always movie. really
1: depressing to me for
0: some reason. I've got I've got issues with my father, yeah. so I can't revisit it. Yeah. yeah it's it's hard it's, it's rough, man. It is a rough movie to watch. It's surprising. I don't know. I haven't I mean you've got a kid, so you see more current movies for kids than I do. Oh, but yeah. I feel like um, the most recent one that I've seen that would be considered, I guess, uh, maybe for kids before adults too, was in Canto. And I liked that they, um, they definitely approached a lot of like familial issues where, you know, the grandmother is kind of looking down on, you know, forgive me, I don't yeah, remember Being
1: that. the matriarch
0: of the movie. Right. Yeah. You know, and like Meet feeling like man. the black sheep, you know, not yeah. having a power like everybody else in the family has a power and a purpose and a place to be. Um, and she did, you know? And I thought that that was a really important message. I, I felt like that growing up a lot too as a kid. Yeah. So I was like, that's cool. I can see how that's important like for children now. Like she was the
1: now. only not special one. Right. But she was special in her own way.
0: Right, right. Yeah. And then and then to think like, well, is it, I don't know, you know, I don't remember that kind of stuff as a kid. Movies like that? Not really. I'm trying to think. Like an animated movie? You know, something that was geared specifically toward kids?
1: In like that deep, I, don't I feel think like they so. were
0: bigger emotions. Like you think about Toy Story, and you think about the a Lion bigger emotion King. of like friendship, or yeah, yeah exactly. Lion King is, like a bigger emotion, more of, of a
1: broad stroke.
0: Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but there. was... My uncle
0: never tried to kill my father. Yeah, a true story. Though he did throw a tire at him down the stairs one yeah. time. Though. No. <laughs> yeah, my mom's dad, or not my mom, my my uh, mom's brother threw a tire at my father. Uh, he was My uncle was at the top of the stairs. My father was at the bottom of the stairs. And they were talking. I was not even born at this point. I think I was, my mom was pregnant with me. And they were talking some shit. They did not get along with each other at all. Um, and I guess that somebody was changing. There's a couple tires at the top of the staircase. And thump, 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 boom, 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 Just, just rolled the tires down at him. Yep. I mean, I ended the argument pretty quickly, I'm sure. I don't know. Again, I was there, but I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, man, I can't think of any
1: movies. I can't think of any kids' movies that are like like Coco. Coco mm. was amazing. Yeah. Like, well, I'm Mexican, so every Mexican loved that movie. That was a good movie. I saw yeah. That one, so yeah. Right. But there's nothing... No, no, there was... Finding Nemo was, I think, the first one. You think? Yeah, I think I'm gonna be honest. Finding Nemo, I think Pixar was like, does that really well. Yeah. yeah, they're really good at that. But this, the dynamic of like that's another comfort film. But Finding Nemo. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it was in like a very important part of my life. Yeah. Like we were going through a lot of shit, and that movie was just there for some reason.
0: Um, and th- that's a really interesting way to put it, though. It's like I like that because, um, for me, a couple of the movies that I, at least one of the movies that I will go over, is that exact. It had that exact purpose. It was there. A movie yeah. can't, you know. Like anybody who's who is a listener who is uh, in their thirties now, or even their late twenties, I suppose, but more so their thirties, like us, um, you know, who have families, you know, spouses, whatever, any sort of other response, big responsibilities, know that you grow apart from your friends. Um, you know, you say, "Hey, let's hang out." You know, we're gonna, you know, oh, let's make a plan. Let's go get beer. Let's go do trivia. Let's go golfing. I don't know what other people, what other hobbies or interests people have. It's so hard to get together with people. Even just you and I sitting down and recording. Sometimes it kind of just feels like, you know, I've got the the eight to five job, and you've got kind of the different schedule, and then you've got your yeah. daughter, and you know, we've got responsibilities to our spouses, and it's hard. But it's um, anybody who is our age knows that it is. I lost my train of thought.
1: <laughs> I think I think where you were going is that our generation has a lot of those moments. Like movies that were very pivotal. Like in, Because all of us went through almost the same things at the same time.
0: Oh, no, no. I remember my... Actually, we should have been drinking before we did this. Yeah. My, no, that's true. Hold on to that. <laughs> Nobody's going to want to listen to this. <laughs> what I was going to say was to your point about it being there. Is that a movie is a friend it can be a friend It can take place of and why i think getting right we made it we made it back to the topic the idea of a comfort film as a film phenomenon um tv shows we were talking about it before too can fill that void just as well too i think actually i probably prefer a tv show over a movie because it's a little bit more like it's a 20 minute chunk 22 minute chunk and if i am doing something like doing chores around the house I, it's not going to be my whole day. It's not 90 minutes. It's not two hours. It's 20 minutes, you know, 30 yeah, minutes. Very specific little.
1: episodes as well. Very specific yeah.
0: episodes. Yeah, and you can kind of skip around to like, you know, season five, episode two, three, and four, yeah. but not episodes, you know, yeah. Um, but it it does kind of fill a, you know, again, I circle back to like when I was first living on my own. It wasn't on great terms. It was kind of like forced upon me at that time in my life. And I uh, was living by myself, which was me and my cat, you know, and obviously cat is a source of companionship, but you can't talk to it, or no. so you can talk to it, it's not going to talk back to you, but hopefully, a not. movie, you know, I was watching a lot of movies and a lot of DVDs and stuff, and my place didn't have internet, I had no internet, so it was just DVDs, and a lot of movies really filled that purpose of being, you know, yeah. making the place feel full, you know? mine
1: mine at that time was especially like 17, 18, 19 because I think you're like a year older than me
0: I'm born in 90 I'll yeah, be 90. shit my birthday's coming up actually yeah I'm 91
1: <laughs> so yeah you're a year older than me but my thing was stand-up like specials mm. I was watching stand-up specials that's all I would watch people thought I was weird like people thought I was autistic at one point because all <laughs> I would watch was stand-up <laughs> specials and like very specific movies like comedy movies like my wife always asked me, like, why can't you watch something suspenseful or sad or scary? And I'm like, because those are not, I feel those emotions. I, I felt too that too much as a kid. Mm. And this is getting a little deep, but it really was like, I was, I grew up in the hood. So I was like, there was drive-bys by my house and stuff like that. And and it was scary at one point. And then you had the, the like, suspense, like an anxiety living in places. Like, we, we were kicked out of houses. And I mentioned Finding Nemo being like a movie at a very pivotal point in time. Me, it's me, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister. I was 13. My sister was six or seven. And my little brother was two, I think, or about to turn two. And we were living in a 10 by 10 room, the five of us. Mm -hmm. And every night my dad would watch Finding Nemo with my little brother because it's the only thing he would go to sleep to. Mm -hmm. And I would sit up with my dad and watch it with him. So that movie became like this source of time that I would spend with my dad and my brother at like this crazy period in my life Mm -hmm. so it became an important movie it didn't make my list though which is weird because i was going
0: to say yeah i it's it's also interesting to me to hear you tell that story and i mean thank you for sharing that but it's 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 it is a source of comfort also in that you know what to expect there are no suspenseful moments there's no tension there's no fear you know, you've mentioned before that you're not a big fan of scary movies. I am. I love yeah. the, you know, the tension. I love being able to, like, take myself up. My blood pressure's up. I'm ready. Yeah. And then you get that release. You know, it's like riding a roller coaster or going to a scare. you know, like a haunted house or something yeah. like that, like, you know, during Halloween. But, um, but the idea of a comfort film knowing that, like, you already know what to expect. But you're still going to find pleasure in it. You're still going to find joy yeah. in it. You find comfort in the familiar settings. You know, you know when you know this person says this this person's coming back with this punchline. like you know what to expect already you well know? it's like eating your favorite food yeah you've eaten it
1: before mm-hmm. you know what it tastes like you yeah. remember that but then you eat it, and it's just like fuck remember that last time i ate that that piece of pizza or that drink like you you gave me whiskey lemonade today and i was like oh it's nostalgic because i remember the first time i drank whiskey lemonade yeah. and like i was it, it's a good feeling to have and i Movies do the same thing, especially comfort films. Yeah. So this is a good list. Yeah, um, I, I I'm like I said.
0: Yeah, I'm excited because I think it's it's a it's an idea that a lot of people can get behind, and I think much like how we were talking about our essential movies uh, in the last episode, I think more people are excited about the idea of sharing a movie that makes them feel at home, or sh- makes yeah. them feel like a kid or makes them feel a sense of whatever you know like i said i'll cover a specific movie in this list that really brings me back to a time where i was living on my own it was not a very good time in my life i was very depressed and it was very difficult for me at that time in my life but that movie makes me feel like i'm getting a hug you know (laughs)
1: here's here's the thing i would i would say think about as well these movies also matter more to us i think in a certain way because when people like, when you show somebody this movie and they like it, or they laugh at the parts that you think are funny, that makes you feel good. Yep. And if they don't like that movie, you're kind of like, ah, oh, fuck, man. Yep. Fuck, this is important to me. Like, yeah. essential films is one thing. Like, if you don't like Chinese connection, it's all good. You can kind of see. You're yeah, like, okay, got right, yeah, I, I get it. I it. Yeah. A lot of people didn't like Roma. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, don't like no. that movie. I like it. I think it's important. but So much more personal. Yeah, these yeah. this list is different. Yeah. So go ahead, you can start it off.
0: I'm gonna start. Okay. Well, before I get to my list, I um I do want to mention that I did a poll online. I, I told you this earlier, but for everybody no. listening, all the listeners, um, I pulled some people online, completely random. I don't know these people. It was through a separate website. Um I wanted to see what other people had to say. Yeah. You know because I know my list. You've shared something with me. You know off off um you know, recording of what you're thinking and what's important to you. And I was expecting a certain level of overlap. I'm not going to lie. I was expecting pretty unique. Like, um, the, the the website I use, people can put in a, a recommendation or a movie and say, I think this is a movie that's comforting to me. And it gets upvotes. And people, you know, the more upvotes it gets, it's at the yeah. top of the list. So you'll see 500 upvotes, and that's going to be the first thing you see. 200 is the second, and so on and so on. Um, but it was very surprising for the most part i'll say some of them made sense none of them were ones that i would pick but i was pleased nonetheless so i'm gonna go in and actually ask you first since we had a lot of fun with the uh guess your imdb list for your essentials last time um do you have any any wild guesses any shots in the dark that you want to throw out there that you think might have made the list. Of these random... It was okay. si- uh, 75 strangers, I think. Uh, I was talking about it with my wife. Home Alone. Oh, really? <laughs> okay.
1: I feel like everybody likes Home Alone. And I'm... This is going to get me a lot of hate. But <laughs> I, I don't like it that much. Okay. What's it's not? an alright movie. but <laughs> It's uh, just alright. First of all, they live in way too big of a house in a suburb of Chicago. I don't like house, that. It's house, man. Yeah.
0: And... Uh, <laughs> they had a big family though. Who forgets their kids like that? Like who forgets their kid? Like that's messed up. We're not even talking about the sequel either. Like yeah, who forgets a whole, a whole ass kid? Yeah, they it's were bullshit. mean. We actually, you know, we watch it every Christmas. They were mean together, man. They were mean. Yeah, I um, mean, he was a little piece of shit, but he was a smart ass. But you look at the other people he was around, and you're like, ah, uh, that yeah. makes sense. Like Everybody's. I don't. I just want to say for any of our non-white listeners. It's not like that with every white family. Like we're no. not, uh, we're not mean, do we? Like I love my mom very much, and like everybody, you know, like with every family, we've got issues. But uh, she never forgot me anywhere, and then yeah. I, don't know, I, I never. I'm sure I was probably a little. Shit my grandmother had way. eight kids that never forgot them anywhere. Like how the hell are you
1: forgetting your kids at the? How airport. do you
0: forget your kid? You're the one who made the kid. Yeah, <laughs> kid doesn't have to be born. <laughs> and there's all these checkpoints. Like you got to get out of the van, check the kids. It's so funny to watch a movie like that. That takes that at least one scene takes place in, a, in an airport because, for, for again, for us and for I'm assuming probably a lot of people who will be listening our age, growing up during you know after 9 11. Oh, you yeah. can't run through an airport terminal. <laughs> no. Where the fuck are you guys going? You will get tackled. The air marshals will be on that ass like, white on rice. Go, go, go. Oh, hell no. (laughs) Home Alone. Um, Home Alone was not an answer. So you'll be pleased to know that Home Alone was not an answer. Not an answer. Um, Scooby-Doo. Okay,
1: I just, my daughter's three years old. She'll be four in (laughs) November. And we just did a Scooby-Doo marathon. And it's funny because it almost made my list. Really? Yeah, the, the first live one? action. Oh, I love uh, it. And, and on Spooky Island, and I fucking loved it. I also like the animated versions, too.
0: I think what worked about the Scooby-Doo movies, and I grew up, like, my again, I tell you, my mother was born in 1973. So she grew up at a time of, like, the peak Hanna-Barbera. Flintstones, Jetsons loved Scooby-Doo. Yeah. She loves mysteries. She loved Columbo as a kid, all yeah, that yeah. stuff, like the live action, you know, detective shows. But she loved Scooby-Doo. So I grew up loving Scooby-Doo, yeah. you know? Uh, um, what was it? Uh, the Reluctant Werewolf, the Boo Brothers, the Ghoul School. Yeah, like, it's such an important part of my childhood, and the Tar when, Monster. Yeah, when this live-action movie came out, why I think it still holds up, and again, it's not on my list. This is just something I thought was interesting to see yeah. that a couple of people, you know, agreed with this. Is it's it's very um, authentic. Like you, it doesn't seem like the performances are phoned in. Like, you get the sense of, like, you know, you're watching a movie, and you're like, okay, this is Sarah Jessica Parker, and this is Freddie Prince Jr., but, like, everyone's having fun. I just had the sense that everybody's having fun on set, fun performing this movie and making this movie, and knowing that, like, I think that the performances come from a source of love of the source material, you know? That like, was good. I like oh, that movie. Yeah, stuff. we just
1: watched both of them. Yeah? Just the live-action versions of my daughter liked them, so I was excited.
0: What else? Say is what you there? will about Scrappy-Doo, but, you know... Otherwise, it's still pretty funny.
1: Yeah, um, Back to the Future. Oh, that makes sense. That's a really good one. Yeah, this very childhood movie because it was before our time.
0: Uh, not too too long, but yeah, I mean, it's just got that sense of it's again fun, but yeah. it's got that sense of um uh, suspense and um, there's a real danger to messing danger. up the past and. Well, I like, too, that it... I mean, I'm sure there's something to be said about movies because, obviously, uh, or what, the time when certain movies come out because, obviously, the rating system has evolved over time. Yeah. But, like, you know, Marty McFly, No, you bastards! Or, you know, what the hell's a Jigawa? You know, it drops some, you know, soft curse words. And it's yeah. kind of fun when you're a kid and you're like, Oh, <laughs> you know, he said a bad word. And, like, obviously, when when did Back to the Future come out, the first one, uh, 1985, Yeah. it, it was... It was kind of fun, you know, and just like things were—you could tell things were different. And Marty was just so, you know, undeniably cool, and and you never got any answers, as like why is he friends with his old crazy doctor? Yeah. and like who cares? It, do, it literally does not matter. Like you can sit there and think that, but at the end of the day, you're just going along for the ride, and it um it does. I think for me, it's not on my list. No, I very dearly love Back to the Future, but it's not on my comfort films. But I can see that sense of like. That adventure, I Yeah. I, I, I think there is something to be said. There are <laughs> two movies on my list that are, maybe three technically, that are pretty adventure heavy as far as like the, the pushing the plot forward go. And I can see that also being very comforting too. of Just being like, you know that there's going to be a yeah. sense of adventure, or not a sense of adventure, like you know there's going to be some danger, you know there's going to be some, you know, whatever, uh, mystery. But again, what we were saying before is it's, the suspense is kind of taken out of it. You know what's going to happen. But it's yeah. still fun. It's still fun to go.
1: After back. the first time you've watched it, now you're looking forward to that. Yeah. You're looking forward to jump, jump a down. little bit. Um, I'll
0: do I'll do two more, and then we can kind of jump into our list here. Um, this was a good one. We were talking about Jack Black earlier. Nacho Libre.
1: Yeah. I have never seen it. It is. That is so sad because you are missing out so much. And I'm
0: a big Jack Black fan. I just ne- It's just one I've never Look,
1: I never gotten to. He played a Mexican, stereotypical voice and everything, and we support him 100%. Oh, really? We love him. And you're we like, think it's you're so You're like Dave funny. Chappelle,
0: we at the Mexican delegation. No, we, uh... we choose Jack Black, without a doubt. He would accept, too.
1: No, he does. Yeah. He for sure does. And the accent and the mustache and like... It's just done so well. God, that's such a good movie. Jack Natural Black is right, a fucking... Yeah. I accept that. Natural I accept that yeah. as a comfort yeah. film. Um,
0: and, and again, a lot of good answers, but that was a fun one. And maybe you've seen it. I've never seen it. This is not from a sense of like, oh, I'm too cool to see it. I just genuinely never seen it. Uh, Tangled. A lot of people really enjoy Tangled. My wife likes it yeah. a lot. It's a good movie. It's ra- it's. Rapunzel. Honestly, I've never seen it. Yeah, it's Rapunzel, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's-, it's great,
1: though. You know what? It... Um, It adds something else to the story. I won't. I won't tell you too much. I think you should watch it. As far as like those Disney films and stuff, Mm -hmm. like the Disney princess films, it is one of those that like it's really fun. Fun. I think they were doing. They were making princesses more edgy at one point. Yeah, she was kind of more like badass and hitting people with pans and they stuff? don't need no man to protect them kind of kind of, time, of right? yeah. but they want one type of thing like what i don't the need you but i want you yeah, yeah, yeah i want a companionship there was a couple other a ones partnership like, yeah. yeah princess and the frog was a good one okay yep tiana yeah i'm i'm gonna admit i watched these before i had a kid yeah
0: so i mean no the disney movies are they're disney they're disney movies yeah. for a reason like they have they just kind of stand and they progress too so it was mm-hmm. like tangled princess
1: and the frog frozen mm-hmm. moana i haven't seen yeah, but they, yeah. they have... My daughter's super big into... Okay, she has her list of movies that she watches right now. It's Frozen, um, Moana, Encanto. Those are like her three go and around Spider-Man to and Friends. Doo, man. Yeah. Um, I'm trying. Scooby-Doo. What about uh,
0: I'm um, uh, Ninja Turtles? She's not into the Ninja Turtles or anything?
1: Uh, it's Spider-Man and Friends, which Sp- is like That's this a cartoon, idea. and then Teen Titans. Okay, that's pretty
0: cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's cool. a, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm a nerd. She's a nerd. I love it. Nice. So, but yeah, Tangled. I haven't seen it, but um, it's a good one. Yeah, people like that one. That was it. That was one of the popular ones. Um, all right, so I'm gonna just we're gonna like I said, just a fun little side thing that I did before we decided we wanted to record. Um, diving headfirst into my list. I think we've spoken about it off, uh, you know, off air, rush hour. Oh yeah, rush hour. Um, for many, many reasons. I think specifically Rush Hour 2. It's not the best one. I still, you know, I don't want to be the kind of guy who's like, the first one's best. I do think the first one is the best. But the second one has so much more importance to me. And I'll tell you why. It was on TNT or USA yeah. Network or something constantly. And anytime I would go over to see my grandmother, uh, it was always on. Yeah. It was either I go with my grandmother's house, it was either NCIS, Law and Order SVU, or Rush Hour 2. It was one of those movies that was on syndication for so long. Just
1: constantly looping on these movie channels. Have
0: you seen Rush Hour One recently though? Have you rewatched it at any point in like the past I don't know, ten years?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Forget that movie came out in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. And it's so good. It (laughs) holds up so well. And I know you're a fan of Chris Tucker, and I've mentioned before, like, I grew up coming up, like, I love Jackie Chan, was, like, my kind of, aside from Enter the Dragon, which was sort of my jump into, you know, Kung Fu films, um, was Jackie Chan with, like, Junkin' Master, you know, uh, Rumble in the Bronx, Mr. Nice Guy, Police Story, and Rush Hour. Rush Hour came out and I was like, oh, it was finally a movie that took my love of Jackie Chan and Kung Fu and all the stunts and put it into a comedy style that I was yeah, already in an kind American filmable exactly film? yeah a comedy style that I was familiar with and it, it just you know <laughs> specifically the second one like i said just like it has such an importance to me cuz it has that tie to my grandmother and it was always the kind of thing where she had seen it a hundred times because it was always on tv but if i was sitting there watching it with her and you know the punchline happened something funny happened she would turn to me and go oh i love this <laughs> you know yeah. and it was just so sweet to me to Dude. like rewatch it and like feel that that moment like I, this is the part you want what's doing. the bad guy's name ricky chan ricky Rick, ricky tan ricky tan <laughs> get up ricky come on yeah, yeah, come, yeah. no dude i agree it's with so you good dude, don <laughs> Cheetos in that movie yeah, yeah, yeah and he plays the twisting tiger <laughs> yeah and it's like you a black man with a chinese restaurant yeah, on crenshaw, crenshaw yeah.
1: <laughs> and it was like no and like you said the stunts in that movie and that movie went everywhere they went from China to Vegas and it was just this fun. It, it, movie That was
0: what I was saying is like it's that's a movie that I don't know if you'd consider it an adventure movie. It's obviously a buddy oh, yeah. cop subgenre, but it's yeah exactly from you know Shanghai to uh, to Vegas. Yeah, we could have been uh, something
1: special, but you were crazy ass <laughs> bitch. No, Chris Tucker is undeniable. So funny, I will dude. give you that. Yeah, the, I like the first one. They're tight. They're tied for it's me. So hard. Yeah, yeah I do tied. think
0: the first one is better, but the second one as a movie, because they yeah. introduced them. Yeah. It, uh, well, not, I, I don't I, know. I, I think we've also spoken too about trilogies, and the second movie always kind of seems to be a little like you know, there's a, there's a pitfall for the second movie in a trilogy, and it's funny actually. Back to the Future is another one I'm thinking of where the second one doesn't really stumble. But the second movie always kind of seems to be the lull where it's a bridge between the, the introduction one, yeah. of the characters and the resolution of the story. And, and you know, Rush Hour 2 doesn't really... No, the it, there's it. no lull in that yeah. movie. It's, no, and it's yeah.
1: funny. Yeah, it's
0: undeniable. Yeah. Yeah. Like Rush Hour. You said. Rush Hour slash Rush Hour 2. Probably a little bit more Rush Hour 2 for me, but yeah. Okay. Legendary bloopers too oh yeah the bloopers are better than the movie no it's so funny and how he gets Jackie to... always okay yeah
1: <laughs> cause they would show it at the end the movie was over some credits and then they would show the yeah. bloopers yeah. oh that was so good yeah alright my first comfort film which goes back to my nerdy elementary school phase I remember when they read this book to us in the third grade and I was hooked oh boy and then the movies came out and not my whole family like Again, they thought I was way too obsessed with these movies and books, and all I wanted to do was this, and I was crying because I never got my letter. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's
0: Stone. <laughs> really?
1: I thought you were going to go Lord of the Rings again. Okay, okay wow. that's the thing. Like, I think Lord of the Rings is just more epic. Mm-hmm. It's just such an epic film that that's why I chose it. Yeah. But Harry Very Potter... grand scale. Yeah. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is a close second to Lord of the Rings as far as fantasy films go. In my book, I'm gonna tie. It's not a tie, but it's close. The Star Wars franchise, the Harry Potter franchise, and the Lord of the Rings franchise. Really? Yeah. There's something about, but again, it was because they were earlier. Like a lot of people will bring up Game of Thrones or like some other sci-fi films and stuff. I know a lot of people like Blade Runner for Mm -hmm. sci-fi and or they're like Trekkies, like Star Trek and stuff like that. But Harry Potter for me, God, that movie was just so amazing. I remember watching it for the first time. We had this big flat screen TV, but it wasn't a. It wasn't like was the, it. Was it the cut that had like four grown ass yeah, men who had to lift it? Yeah, yeah, it was one of those. The, the
0: rear projection screen, and we got it from and like it a like house. The, Horizontal lines that you would like yes. scratch your nails over, and you'd yes. rise. <laughs> <chicka, chicka>. Yeah, <laughs>
1: and I just remember that movie and seeing. I remember the food on the table when it pops up, mm. and then I remember the troll scene in Halloween. That's a movie I watch every Halloween and every Christmas. Yeah, that oh, is yeah, my. I it, that I I like it, yeah. it has both of those. Nice. Yeah, that is like childhood incarnate for me. Like that's just one of those movies where. Nine-year-old me was just... Ten-year-old me was obsessed.
0: I, w- I was not expecting that one, so... Yeah, and
1: That's let me look tell look. you something. I'm choosing Sorcerer's Stone, but the whole franchise, till this day, is... You, I re-watched you stand it. all of them?
0: All, oh. What are there, eight of them?
1: Yeah, there's eight movies, seven books. Seven books, yeah. Yeah, I'm not including books. the Fantastic Beasts series or, like, the new Harry Potter series with the kids. But um, the first seven books, the first eight movies undeniable and then i loved growing up with the actors like i really did love that
0: i wasn't i was i read the first couple of books as a kid because you know you know grew up alongside of them i remember going to like the scholastic book fair yeah and they they gave you a little list yeah i was a big i was more into this like the the um what do you call them like the i guess they weren't horror or terror movie or books or whatever but you know the mysteries and the ghost stories i like goosebumps. Yeah. But I did read the uh, Harry Potter. Uh, I think I read the first two. I liked Chamber of Secrets a lot more than the first one. Yeah, it was um, more
1: gritty and more. Bad yeah, I think it just. Yeah, it.
0: I wanted something. To, but I, I think in terms of like the sense of adventure. But you mentioned between Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. I think those appealed to me more because, you know, Harry Potter. Mostly just, and although Hogwarts in and of itself is a character, I think you know the, the, yeah. the school it has all the, you know, all the little quirks, all the characters, all the ghosts. Well, all the, the the castle's alive right. to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. the forest is
1: alive. The trees are alive. Exactly. But I
0: think for me, yeah, it, it wouldn't scratch my itch for a comfort film just because I like the. If I'm thinking of something, that's either comedy or it's yeah. going to be something that is. It does go to different locales. You mentioned Star Wars, like going from you know maybe the prequels, Tatooine, Corson, all the different, like, I like to see the different um, skylines and the different biomes and the different creatures. and um, This, this yeah.
1: movie, and this is the thing, I was obsessed with this to a point where it influenced my little brother, my little sister. My little brother called me. And he's like, hey, man, that new Dumbledore movie's coming out. The kid just got out of jail at one point, like, not that long ago. And he's like, yo, did you see that Dumbledore movie's coming out? I'm gonna take my girlfriend to go he's see it. Though. He's 19 years old. Exactly. And I'm like, he's a little, he's doing all right now, guys. He's doing all right, but he was, he's like a little. He's going to the kid. movies, like he's yeah, he's, he's living. doing all right. <laughs> but that's how influential it was, and my little sister's like, oh yeah, like I bought this Harry Potter thing, and she's like, remember when you liked it so much, and like we all wanted, yeah. My cousins, I influenced them, my younger cousins. So it's was like, I,
0: I, I won't lie, I did go as Harry Potter for one Halloween though. I, I believe, believe it, no man, yeah. I believe it. I love One well, of getting like an old robe from the Goodwill. My mom drew. The fucking scar yeah. on my head, yeah. Got a pair of glasses and just punched out the, you know, from like the dollar store. They're like plus threes that like, yeah, no, even Grip, Grip Keeper would wear, you know. <laughs> I was
1: a kid who wore glasses and Oculus Reparo and, ah, yeah. oh, fuck, man, just such a good movie. Yeah. All right, what's That's next funny. for you, man?
0: Uh, next for me is I feel, at least as far as my wife is concerned, but I think a lot of people will agree, I'd be surprised if they didn't, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Any time of day. I put on any time. Any time of day, at any point in the week, I don't need to be paying attention. I don't need to know what's going on. It's just on. It is so goddamn funny. It's so well written. It's such a clever premise. Like, guy head over heels in love with his girlfriend. Girlfriend just moving on with her life. Guy oblivious to the fact that, like, he is stagnant. And... No one, I think, is going to blame the character of Sarah Marshall for being like, okay, I did everything I can with this guy. This relationship's not going anywhere. It's tough. It's a tough call. I'm sure plenty of people have been in that situation where they had to be the one to say, this relationship isn't going anywhere anymore. You know, and I got to, I got to, especially after being together for years and years. And did she do it the right way? She was already sleeping with Aldous Snow? No. But how funny. Like that premise of like, you just broke up with your girlfriend. Of like years and years and years, and you're like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta clear my head. <laughs> you go on vacation and here the fuck she is. She's in the same hotel with yeah. the guy she left you for. Yeah, like that is just so funny to me. And then all the characters and the fact that like, as pathetic I think as they kind of make Peter Bretter out to be, he did something that a lot of people wouldn't do in that situation, and he did. He went out on his own on a solo vacation yeah i've never gone on a solo vacation even at the highest peak of my life i don't want to go anywhere alone and that was at his lowest (laughs) yeah exactly exactly and he made friends and he went out there and he just i I guess there's something about that type of depression where you do hit that point where you're like fucking i don't i don't have anything else i have nothing to lose i might as well i'm here in hawaii and it's just so good all the characters you know paul rudd and and jack mcbriar is hilarious in it and um, Dude, you know Paul Rudd, so good. uh Russell, uh, Russell Brand, yeah. Mila Kunis. Yeah.
1: It's it's such a funny cast, and it's got so many quotables. I no bullshit. I almost picked this movie. I almost picked Forgetting Sarah Marshall, but I picked my next movie instead. So I was like, I can't have two movies that are that similar with really? the same actor that's in the movies. Oh no! Oh, I think I know what your next one is. But Forgetting know. Sarah Marshall has so many quotables. I'm big on just lines in a movie Hmm. because it's just something that I do, especially with my wife. Like there's a scene where this guy goes when uh, Peter, he's like, they're at the beach with Mila Kunis and her ex walks up with his friend and it's like it's like no i know his friend let me talk to him he's like hey what's up man you know the, <laughs> yeah. the pineapple juice guy he's like yeah and he smacks him in the this ain't the breakfast buffet <laughs> bitch and i was like yo and yeah. my wife will tell me that out buffet's of, over yeah. yeah my wife will tell me that at a <laughs> breakfast buffet she'll be like this ain't the fucking breakfast buffet and i'll be like what, <laughs> what
0: are you talking about that was or like
1: even uh paul rudd's character the surfing instructor he's like yo when life hands you lemons say fuck the lemons yeah. and bail yeah and I thought it was the coolest shit ever. Yeah. Speaking of Paul Rudd. Okay. I Love You, Man. I knew it. It's one of it my coming. favorite comfort films. That's and fine. first of all, the soundtrack. Just the soundtrack. I have it almost completely on my phone. Yeah. And I'll listen to it. Like, just on a good day, I'll listen to it.
0: Side note, what was with the hate I saw online that, like, Rush got all of a sudden? You remember that a couple years ago? Rush got yeah. really, really big. And then people started coming up and like, Rush isn't a big deal. Like... Rush smacks. If you don't yeah. like Rush, good for you. I hope you listen Y-Y-Z, to everything Tom that you enjoy, but, you know, yeah.
1: People were dumb. Yeah, man. People were just dumb. Yeah. Even Cheetos, oh, well, that was not a real Cheetos commercial. That was the family guy where they make fun of the hot Cheetos.
0: <laughs> and he's like yeah. snorting, he's it like snorting, the, bean and, cheesy, and yeah. he smacks the fucking glass. He goes,
1: oh, Neil Perk is the greatest drummer ever. And yeah. he's listening to Rush. R.I.P. King. Yeah, but yeah. I love you, man. God, it's such a funny movie. And it's, Again, it's multiple characters from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And I think yeah. it's in that same generation of films. And I want it
0: to the be... Apatow era. Yeah, yeah and, and I, I want I, it
1: to be Sidney Five so bad. Yeah, I, I think loved
0: him. not all of that Apatow era of film really um, covers this. But there is that one, you know, I Love You Man. For me, it would be 40-Year-Old Virgin and, and Forgetting Sarah Marshall. They have a level of charm. There's a lot of earnestness yeah. to the characters, you know, where it's just like they're very believable. I do appreciate what they were doing with even like including, you know, knocked up, super bad, where the characters are more believable. The situations yeah. were still a little bit, grand. you know, grand and a little bit, you know, exaggerated, <laughs> but you could still see yourself in a situation like that. Yeah. But those three films specifically, I love you, man. To your credit, you know, for me, forty year old virgin, and then forgetting to Marshall, Marshall, they're a lot more something. Yeah, I just feel like I they're very. You know, I say, I'll i say a lot, but like authentic, I believable. You know, they're, they're out there stories, but they're very believable. A guy breaks up with his girlfriend, goes on vacation, runs yeah. into his girlfriend. A guy is getting married to the love of his life, has no male friends, has yeah. no one to be in his wedding party. A guy who falls in love with a woman, but he's a virgin. He doesn't know how to tell her. Like those are all, you know, There's if you're just in a writer's room and you're rattling off ideas, they're all so good. Like they're just... Yeah. They're believable stories, you know, because yeah. they're simple. The yeah. premise very is very simple,
1: yeah. and it's like, oh, that could happen, and then they just run with it. And again, I love you, man. Just quotables and the cast, and and I when they're fencing and he goes, "Suck it, Gil." I just yeah. love that shit. Yeah. And or like when you, they're talking, the first time they hang out at the bar in Venice. First of all, I love where it's located. I'm from L.A. I love L.A. I know a lot of people like to hate on L.A., but I love it. And this idea of showing like Venice and Santa Monica and a little bit of downtown and stuff like that. Like it was so cool. I got married in Santa Barbara because of that movie. And I wore a blue suit because mm-hmm. of that movie. I swear to God, it. I just got married February 12, 2021. And it was all because of that movie that I wanted to get married in Santa Barbara and I wore the blue suit like he does in the, like Paul Rudd does in the movie. And it was just, that's how influential that movie was to me. And my wife introduced it to me when we were dating. We were, when did the movie come out? We were, I think we were seniors in high school. I think the movie came out around 2009, 2010. And I saw it, I'm pretty sure for the first time, in 2010 yeah so it came out march of 2009 2010 she introduced it to me when we started dating she had netflix when they were still sending dvds to your house nice and i thought that was the weirdest i'm like hollywood videos over there what the fuck are you doing (laughs) red box is coming out
0: you're you're gonna break your toe with all those name drops hollywood video and blockbuster man oh yeah don't hurt yourself But yeah. Uh, It's a go. I I think there's something to be said too, and I think it's maybe not in every one of those movies, but I do appreciate the fact that those movies also introduced a like a a male camaraderie, like a male like male friendship that wasn't, you know, alpha male bullshit. It wasn't like you know, going out to like hit up, you know, and forgetting Sir Marshall, yeah, a little bit like there's a scene there and I love you, man. Obviously Sydney's kind of like a womanizer kind of guy. But it's, that's not the main point of these characters isn't just to be, yeah. you know, they're, they're damaged people who, you know, want love and not necessarily just like. Well, in every one know, of those movies, like 40-year-old like virgin, yeah. I love you, man,
1: and, and forgetting to start Marshall. The main character is very much themselves and that's like their issue. So, like, the 40-year-old virgin is just like this kind of quiet guy. Like, he's not really this super open guy and it caused him to be a 40-year-old virgin, like. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, he's just this complacent dude who's just, like, happy with himself and, like, the way his life is. And it causes his girlfriend to cheat on him and break up with him. And I love you, man. It's just this guy who's, like, he's very in love with his girlfriend and not fiancé. And he's, like, like his brother says, which is Andy Samberg, which is hilarious. Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, all your male friends just fell by the wayside because you were always a good boyfriend. Yeah. And it was, like, oh, okay. Like, these guys have their, these qualities that make them such great guys is also their downfall. Yeah. But then a, in the end, yeah. it becomes something that they find the one or they get what they need.
0: Yeah. Kind of funny to see that, yeah, somebody who can have <laughs> such desirable, traditionally desirable traits of being like loyal or being, you know, yeah. whatever can can also still, you know, fall into those issues. Um, I love you, man. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That whole Apatow. I, you break them down into like comedy. You've got your Apatow era. You've got your... Um, like Will Ferrell, Adam McKay era with yeah. Anchorman and Step Brothers. And they kind of overlap, but it's the more slapsticky versus more grounded. Oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we'll, we'll definitely do a deep, deep dive into like modern comedies versus like classic comedies. But um, there's nothing funny about my next pick other than like a couple of bloopers or whatever. But uh, we mentioned Star Wars. I got to go with A New Hope. Episode four, okay. A New Hope. I really was trying to decide between Phantom Menace specifically because it was the first Star Wars I saw in theaters. They redid and re released Star Wars uh, Episode 4, 5, and 6 of the original trilogy in 97. I'm sure anybody who's a Star Wars fan knows that. They redid them on like yeah. a v- special edition VHS and they re released them in theaters. Didn't see them. I watched them on VHS. My uncle had them. I saw Episode 1, 1999, in theaters. Saw it four or five times. Was very, very close to picking phantom menace but for me i think a new hope is a little bit more what i want in a comfort film because it is so it really is so familiar yeah even if you're not a star wars fan i feel like people who are not star wars fans can sit back and be like everything i know about star wars i know unwillingly it's because i've been bombarded by the cliches the most quotes and villain ever yeah, and we're not even talking about Empire where obviously like no, I am your father, you know, yeah. like that reveal. It's just the the, you know, that the music, the spectacle, the mystery, the, you know, again, the going from Tatooine on the ship, the the lasers, everything, you know. It's just there's something like I really wanted to pick maybe Indiana Jones because obviously Indiana Jones is also oh, that's with that adventure. Pick, yeah. yeah, you know, like Temple of Doom, but for me it's got to be Star Wars and it's got to be A New Hope very very close to phantom menace but with a new hope you just know these characters and it's comfortable and it's familiar and you're like I know Luke Skywalker and I know Darth Vader and I know R2D2 and I know the story and inside and out I know the story inside and out and I know that a new hope kind of has like a weird ending where it's sort of just you Ends. know that there's a sequel coming you know that and this is not even scratching the surface of the full story but it's still satisfying yeah, very. Uh, unlike something like Fellowship of the Ring where it truly just ends on a to-be-continued, at least with the New Hope, you can be like, all right, well, all my day. You know, all right. You wake up from your nap and you're like, oh, where am I at? Oh, oh, okay, okay. They're in the trash compactor, you know, <laughs> you know whatever. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, and it, I also appreciate that more, maybe in Empire between Han and Leia, there was a little bit more of this tit-for-tat, you know, you know, because they were kind of having that budding romantic relationship everyone was snarky as hell in a, in a new hope go back and rewatch it and like yeah, the dialogue yeah. is snappy and fun and like it's corny but it's believable you know yeah there's just something very magical about a new hope in a way that it's not the best of the original trilogy again i, I reserve that spot for empire i think any any self-respecting star wars fan will be the same way but um for just like i said Feeling comfortable diving into that because then you can just carry on. You dive into that first that first movie. Uh, you know what? I still got some housework to do. I want to put Empire on. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's there's something very
1: special about introducing all those characters. I'm big into first movies. Like, mm-hmm. and I really think if the first movie comes out, I haven't seen Dune yet, but I hear a lot of good oh. things about Dune because I didn't read the book. No. So I'm, I, you know. Yeah. But people are like, yo, it introduced. It introduced the story and the movie and the series yeah. so well. Like, they're so excited for the next one. And I think um, uh, a lower level of that more recently is Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. The first Hunger Games was great. It was captivating. And if you read the books, you were like, oh, shit. Like, they picked the perfect Katniss Everdeen. Um, and Star Wars, now known as A New Hope, because it was just Star Wars. It was before, just Star Wars, yeah. And now known as A New Hope, it introduced all these characters... And you love every character. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, fuck, man. Like, And they talk about a time. Bef- so the craziest thing about Star Wars that I love the most, it's talking, most of the movie, Obi-Wan's talking about a time before where they're at. So he's talking about how great the past was and how, like, the Jedi Order and, like, mm-hmm. your father was the greatest starfighter in the galaxy and you're just like, yo, we never got to see that until we were kids and we got to see it fucking nine ten years old and that shit comes out and you're just
0: like (gasps) yeah it's him and i and i you know side kind of side point but i think that's i love the redemption arc that the prequel trilogy has gotten um because kids who saw them us when we were kids we saw them are adults now going back and watching and be like no these are actually really great because they they expand the universe so much like you go back and watch the original trilogy Obviously, they're great. Yeah. I, I don't want to draw down the ire of any hardcore Star Wars fanboys or anything like that. But they, they, the scope is a little limited. Then you go and you watch something like Phantom Menace, and you've got Coruscant. You've got Naboo. You've got the Gungan City. You've got all these incredible new vehicles. And Tatooine. You, you revisit Tatooine,
1: right. and you're just like, wow. You know?
0: Yeah. It, it captures what you would expect. A, yeah. it, the movie is called Star Wars. We need to be visiting multiple planets. I want to see all the different life forms and different, you know, settings. And yeah, but start with a, start with episode four. And if you've got any more, you know, housework to do that day or you got anything, else, you want to take another nap, go back to sleep, put on Empire. My
1: wife had never seen them. And then when Disney Plus came out and they had all the Star Wars, when they finally got, when they got all of them, we watched every single one in order. So we started with The Phantom Menace. Nice. And yeah, she laughs. She's like, yeah, the kid's not a good actor. And I'm like, what eight-year-old kid is a good actor? Like, let's get out of here. Yeah. Macaulay Culkin was not that great of an actor, okay? <laughs> yeah. Let's not kid ourselves. No. But at the same time, like, you once she got to A New Hope, even she'll say, like, oh, there's there's something special about this movie. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, Stephen Colbert has this funny story. It's kind of a, it's a fun story where he's like, yeah, I want a radio show. I think he's from like North Carolina, or Virginia or something like that. He's one from the more somewhere in, in the, the Southeast. And he talks about how two weeks earlier he got to see, he won a radio show contest and got to see star Wars two weeks before everybody else. Nice. And he talks about it. He goes, I was the first star Wars fan <laughs> and he goes, and I already knew how great it was. And I, could not explain how great it was to everybody and then when everybody watched it he just was like yeah yeah nice. that's fucking right and i could just imagine being a kid in like 1970s in the late 70s what was it 78 77 77 and those mo- that movie came out and you're just like what the fuck yeah and it was it's beautiful and then for people who were nerds i give a lot of respect to the fans who stayed fans this long like since 77 and i've known some of those i've met some of those guys who're like yeah i watched Definitely. it in theaters 17-year-old kid, 15-year-old kid watching it My father-in-law, yep. Yeah, Yeah. that's amazing.
0: Yep.
1: Yep. All right, so my next one's not a comedy. And I feel that a lot of of people will have sports movies as their comfort films. I could see that. And the sports movie that I chose, which is a newer film. There was a lot of them. Like, I was thinking about Angels in the Outfield, which I just recently... Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. Rudy. Um, Invincible. Invincible, uh, yeah, you're a Phillies the, guy. Remember They're, the yeah. Titans, yeah, you're a Birds fan. Yep, remember the Titans, the replacements with Keanu Reeves. Oh, I love that man, movie. Yeah. Um, Hoosiers, so yep. my The Mighty Ducks,
0: The Sandlot, the longest uh yard, yeah, we can go, on. yeah, and that's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. Water Boy, I guess, Water Boy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's so many. They have a caught that gorilla, what dumb broke out the zoo and punched you in the eye,
1: but the one I chose was Moneyball. I have no idea why. Okay, it's it's just a movie that I like to have on, and it's weird. Like I just like seeing Brad Pitt, and
0: and uh, it, it's just a weird movie to watch. And I that, like that pause there. Just, I just like seeing Brad Pitt. Yeah, no, I really do, and I like seeing him like that. <laughs> no, he's it's, great. He's he's. Fantastic. It's
1: not an like action him. movie. It's not a romantic movie. It's it's. He's just this guy who's trying to win the pennant you know like he's just trying to win ball games, and uh and it's just i don't know there's something about that movie i know a lot of people like that movie and it's a great movie and i think it won awards and sure. stuff and it was nominated for a bunch of things
0: i think it was one of the big movies that like showed the range of um uh jonah hill Yeah, that was was like kind of his transition between the goofier, you know, like being kind of the sidekick. The super bad. Well, I mean, he wasn't really the sidekick in Superbad, but obviously he was a little bit more slapstick, was some physical comedy involved, and it was raunchy, and then Moneyball come out and kind of showed that he's got range, yeah. Yeah,
1: he acted, and Mm -hmm. he could hold his own with a guy like Brad Pitt, and for some reason I just like that it was a true story, Yeah. and it's just a weird thing, like, I'm a Dodger fan anyway, so I really don't care that much about the Oakland A's. But
0: I don't think Oakland A's fans care too much about. Yeah, that. if we're being honest, yeah.
1: <laughs> but the reality is, is like well, I guess ever
0: since the Raiders went to Vegas, maybe now they've only got to focus on the only got one team out
1: there. And I think a lot of people from Oakland are more like uh, Golden State fans now, mm. especially because they they put down a couple of championships. Yeah,
0: well, but I will say that if you're if you're uh, in Oakland. Uh, sound off, pgfpod at gmail.com. Let us know. Are we just, uh, are we wrong? I don't know. What do, you, what do you guys, what do you guys do up there now? <laughs> yeah, really? Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, they probably go to Niner games now.
0: <sighs> yeah. But it's the Niners. Or maybe the Sharks. Go to the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, oh.
1: that'd be cool. Cooler. But I will say that. I, I will say Moneyball was one of those movies for some reason. It was also at a time, it came out when I was like transitioning from, like I was living on my own it was like around the time that I moved like before I moved in with Ashley and it was just a movie that they were always that it was always on Mm -hmm. and till this day I'll put it on randomly and like we were talking about earlier comfort films are a lot of times you can fold your clothes to those movies Mm -hmm. and just listen and you know what's going on and you remember everything yeah
0: definitely and
1: I really like that I, I don't know. For some reason, that movie just made my list as a comfort film. That I And my wife even said, she goes, yeah, you always watch that movie. I'm like, I don't know why. It's just, I don't know why. It was just on when I was renting a room in some random person's house, and I would watch it on my own. And, like, that's a movie that I love to watch the clips. I like watching clips of movies. Like, I'll go on YouTube and just be like, oh, what's the scene where, you know, Jonah Hill explains the, the statistics that he's going to use. Yeah the equations he's going to use to win these baseball games and shit like that. And I'll just watch that, and then that'll spiral into this other thing. I'll go down this rabbit hole.
0: It's like that perfect combination between, like, really smart, snappy writing and, like, the perfect kind of just the right actor to to deliver those lines. And it's just something that really clicks with you personally, yeah. And I think it was really – like, I
1: mentioned Brad Pitt earlier, and it really – he really did act his ass off in this movie – but he was super subtle about everything. Like he wasn't this like flamboyant character or this big character. He was just this guy who was trying to do the best he could. And Jonah Hill was his character who was like, yeah, I got this idea. Let's see if we can make it work. Right. And it works. And then you see this evolution of the characters and it's very subtle, but it happens. And I really liked it. I really enjoyed that. But like we just did right now, there's so many sport. the replacements almost beat it. Yes. Um, Remember the Titans almost beat it. Yeah. There's just so many sports movies that
0: I mean, we, could beat we it. Talked about Rocky. Rocky's Yeah. In there, but
1: like we said before, I feel like Rocky It's a movie about a boxer who's going through these life changes. It's it's almost like um like the wrestler. Mm-hmm. It's not a wrestling movie, but it's Absolutely. about a wrestler. That's a great movie, by the yeah. way, too. I don't know if it's a feel good movie because it makes me kinda sad. No, it's
0: very. I think that's like maybe on my one and done list. Yeah, I don't need to. I've only seen it once. I don't need to rewatch that. It's a bummer. Yeah,
1: because you feel bad for this guy and it's like relive trying to relive his glory days and stuff. But um, yeah, it's like that. Moneyball is one of those movies that was, it was emotional to a certain extent, but it wasn't a hard watch. Sure, and that's why it's on my list. Yeah.
0: All right. Good pick. Good pick. Um, So my next one. Circles back to again a time where I was just venturing out into adulthood, kind of forcibly uh, living on my own. This, these two title characters, and I haven't told you this one, so I'm excited to see kind of because I don't we I don't think we've ever spoken about this movie, but these two title characters, uh, really just I think because of one the setting and two just the absurdity of the whole situation and how surprising. The, the reaction of moviegoers to this movie was, and it's Harold and Kumar, man. It's the oh, first okay. Harold and Kumar. It's so goddamn I was smart. gonna guess. It's I was gonna so guess. Go back and rewatch that movie, and it's surprisingly. I mean, I don't think it's surprising, but maybe some people who didn't notice it when they watched it when it came out when they were it was like two thousand four, like we were kids, you know. Um, it, not to say that I was living on my own in 2004 when I was 14, but it was a movie that I went back and rewatched yeah. and revisited at that point in my life. And it just kind of, it clicked, it clicked for me at that point, you know, um, it is very much a movie about, uh, you know, um, culture and identity and obviously post nine yeah. 11, uh, a lifestyle with, you know, you've got an Asian and an Indian lead and they, it's You know, very front and center that the the racism that these characters experience, but it's also it's against this backdrop of like this ridiculous, silly premise. Like they're baked and they just want to go go get some white, and they they got the munchies, and they just want to get some White Castle. They have, and I've been high like that where I want White
1: Castle, very
0: specific food. You know, and it's it's almost like there's no limits to how far I'm willing to go just to get this specific. This specific treat, you know? it's, it's based in Jersey, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't think they, I don't think they filmed it in Jersey though, because there's like a scene where they go to Princeton, and I grew up, yeah, fifteen minutes from Princeton, and it, it's, it kind of like, I'm pretty sure it was a set. I don't know. They talk about New Brunswick, they talk about Princeton, and Princeton and New Brunswick are not like around the corner of the way they make it seem in the movie. Like they're, yeah. they're about probably thirty minutes apart. Uh, New Brunswick is like North Jersey and Princeton. Yes, I will fight anyone who says differently is in Central Jersey. Central Jersey does exist. I was born there. I yeah. lived there. Central Jersey exists.
1: No, it was funny because that's one of those movies that introduced guys from the West Coast. Because mm-hmm. don't forget, weed in California is a lot different than when you guys were going out like oh, yeah. in the East Coast. Like, we were living it out here. <laughs> I didn't even smoke weed, and we were living it out here. Everybody was involved with it. Mm. And uh, so it wasn't like this weird... It was kind of taboo, but not really, like, for us. And
0: what nobody knew what the fuck White Castle was. It's, I'm sorry, sidebar, it's very, very funny that we're talking about this specific movie and smoking weed in Jersey, because I'm pretty sure today was the day, or maybe yesterday was the day, where you could legally go buy weed in Jersey. So, yeah. toke it up, my friends, back yeah. home. and enjoy that movie. It's funny when you were mentioning... Get high and watch Harold and Kumar. Yeah, yeah. that's one of those movies. Yeah. I like to have a drink. Or like Bill and Ted. Yeah. It's, Dude, it's one of the stoner comedies, you know? I, I really thought I was going to text you here. right now.
1: Yeah. I go, when you were mentioning it and it's like, oh, I think you said something like it's close to home or something. I was like, this guy's going to say Jay and Silent Bob.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: Which is another movie. It's like one of those movies based in Jersey and shit. Yeah, and I was always like. Jay
0: and Silent Bob Strike Back. It's not a good movie, but for some reason it just. Yeah. Damn it. It's so fun And so many we've, quotes. We've got that list coming up. It'll probably be our next show. Yeah, yeah. But. I do actually have a funny story about Jason Mewes that and and I met in real life. Yeah. So I'll share that another time. But
1: Harold and Kumar, it was funny. And Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay was pretty funny.
0: Oh, yeah. Again, very like yeah. a, a movie with a specific message yeah. about race and culture and identity and being an immigrant or being an outsider looking in <laughs> in, in the and American a. experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, again, with this slapsticky, you know, over the top kind of like. Yeah. They're going on these adventures, a simple premise with these ridiculous, you know, pitfalls and obstacles. And and Neil Patrick <laughs> Harris doing some wild <laughs> shit and
1: just go wherever the wind yeah. takes. And it. even
0: just the real life stories that occur from, my, like, I don't, I guess it's a rumor or I don't know if it's like a widely known fact or belief fact, but he got the job on How I Met Your Mother and PH got the job on How I Met Your Mother because of his performance in in harold and kumar like, i believe it yeah, like you know, i believe it you know that's a good that's one. funny
1: that's yeah. one of those movies that yeah like you, first of all you can start it whenever you can anytime, yep. anytime <clears throat> it picks up wherever yep. so it's a good one um all right we mentioned it in the beginning of the show okay uh we're talking about jack black mm-hmm. nacho libre is up there it's up there. The people love it. The people love it. But I will say, School of Rock. <laughs> my wife would agree with you. Though. Is she my it. <laughs> co- one of my greatest comfort films. It was the coolest movie. Yeah. First of all, I grew up... My dad had all those records. Like the ACDC, the, AC/DC, the Metallica records. Zeppelin, yeah. yeah, like I had a bunch of them. And he was always... He was happy that I was into that kind of stuff. Like I wasn't really into gangster rap when I was growing up. Mm-hmm like all my cousins were like I went the punk metalhead route and he just supported it so much like he was giving me Judas Priest CDs nice. at some 41 uh Iron Maiden like my dad's a hardcore catholic and he gave me an Iron Maiden CD and he's like yeah the best song is number of the beast and I'm like that's like a borderline satanic song yeah. and he's like nah it's a, it's just a song though it's a good song yeah. so he was very music was always a way that like my dad was very open with me being a very strict catholic and being very like conservative mexican to a certain extent conservative but um he was very open with my musical choices and i went the metal route and like when my mom was scared that i was listening to slipknot or like demon work or venom or whatever slayer um god man i Cannibal Corpse was like, they thought I was, cool. my mom thought I was going crazy. My dad said, nah, it's just music. He's yeah. not stupid. <laughs> and I was like,
0: God, man, he gave me so much credit. School of Rock. Slipknot still smacks, by the way. Oh, I fucking love Slipknot. I just went back and re-listened to that, uh, yeah. that first, like, self-titled album from, what, like, 2000? Yeah. It's still so good. Yeah, their whole. It's
1: fun. They man. were great. It's a lot of fun. And School of Rock, when you were into rock music, because he was kind of a loser. Yeah. And you, like, if you were super metalhead at one point, you were kind of a loser. Yeah. And he was just this cool guy who just took over this classroom and taught all these kids who were, like, these stiff kids yeah. to be cool as shit. And I always wished my teacher would come in and be like, we're going <laughs> to study history of rock, rock appreciation, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And it was just such a good movie, and that I was able to watch with my family. A lot of the movies I pick... um, besides the last two so Harry Potter I watched a lot with my family mm-hmm. Moneyball and, and I Love You Man were more in my older teenage Adul- young oh, adult lives yeah. but a lot of these next, these next couple of movies School of Rock and the next two they were big family movies mm. so we would sit around together and just re-watch those movies and I would watch it with my little brother and my little sister which I'm five and a half years older than my little sister and eleven years older my little brother so there's a big gap where we got to connect and jack black he even said it that that was his perfect film and i loved tenacious d nacho libre like uh uh, tropic thunder like these are good movies but there's just something special about this one yeah and it's just so fun and 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 his the noises he would make he like coined all those noises and the fucking movements and shit, yeah. and uh, I was just great.
0: Yeah, kind of like a you know that's one of the things I've loved about <laughs> Jack Black he's just a live action cartoon, very yeah. uh, a lot of Jim Carrey, like oh, great comparison moves and yeah you know very just being, physical comic. V- yes, very physical. Thank you. Yeah, very physical comic. Um, just a very lively guy, and I get in 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 the spirit of comparisons, I get the same kind of like. Uh, You know, appreciation for life and being able to, like, I've never met Jack Black. I don't know anything about him. And I've never met the person I'm going to compare him to, but uh, Robin Williams. This appreciation for life and being able to make people happy. You know? Yeah. You know what? I
1: would put him in that category. Like, First if of you all,
0: were to sit down with Jack Black, and just, and, and, and Jack Black, if you ever listen to this, please, pgfpod at gmail.com. We'd yeah. love to meet you. <laughs> um, I just want to ask him and just say, like, you know, or I get the sense that he would say something like, I'm just so appreciative that I get the chance to, you know, make people happy doing what I love. Like, I love yeah. being a performer and to know that people get enjoyment and pleasure and laughs out of what I do or, you know, same thing with Robin Williams. I imagine he was probably the same way, or at least he said as much in, in interviews and stuff where it's just like it. I think a lot of people like that have that mentality where it's like, it's a, you know, it's a pleasure to be able to give people, to bring people joy or to bring people, um, laughter or hope or whatever, you know? So, yeah.
1: And I think there's, I, you bring up a really good point about wanting to be nice and, and make people happy there is there like jim carrey talks about being um like he he did a commencement speech at a university once and he talks about how his dad was the funniest guy he knew who could have been an amazing comic but he decided to take the safe route and he was like always sad and he lost his job and they fell on hard times i feel like robin williams has talked about living through hard times as well and Jack Black probably had similar upbringing, where these are guys that didn't come from, you know, means or weren't well off, and they had to struggle, and and they, they had a gift, and they used those gifts mm. for people that were sad, like their dads were probably sad or their moms were probably sad, yeah. and they were that was, so willing yeah. to make them
0: happy. I know definitely with Jim Carrey that was, what well, was one of the like his mother yeah. was very sick as he grew up, so he was always doing the, he was yeah, always the doing faces, the face exactly, that, you know. And and there's there's definitely something very human, uh, I think that everybody can relate to in that you want to bring joy to people you love and care about, but something just so transcendental about being able to bring joy to people you've never even met, and in some cases thinking about your career sixty years after you're dead. Yeah, you know, being like I'm, people are gonna watch these movies. And I hope that they think they're funny, or I hope that they get some enjoyment out of them, or if they're in a dark place, I hope they put on, uh, you know, Dumb and Dumber, or Liar, Liar. And, and, yeah. Or, you know, we're talking about, you know, obviously Jim Carrey, but for Jack Black, you know, be able to put on, I hope stoners in 80 years will put on Tenacious D and be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and it, it holds up. Like, these yeah.
1: movies hold up. So, yeah. by the way, we're talking about Robin Williams. So many of his movies, and Jim Carrey's movies almost made my list. The only reason they didn't make my list, because I think people are like, you're talking about them, but you're not. Well, how come they're not on your list? I can't not sit down and watch those movies. Yeah. It's, like it's, I was thinking of Mrs. Doubtfire, and I'm like, I have to watch that movie. It's
0: not a matter of like not respecting yeah. their places, but it's again, you know, as the as the show kind of evolves, like I, you know, I'm very excited about getting guests on, and I did a little poll, and like I'm so excited and interested to hear what other people have to say. And why they choose those movies. So it's, you know, anybody who's listening, it's not a lack of like, well, you didn't pick my favorite movie. You didn't say Dumb and Dumber. You didn't say Mrs. Downfire. And it's got nothing to do with that. It's just like this, the story behind why
1: we chose what we
0: chose, you know. No,
1: movies are great, but sometimes some movies you have to sit there and watch. Like you have to appreciate them. And some movies you can love, but just hear in the background. Just
0: have them at the right time in your life you know at the right time in your life where something traumatic is happening and it just like sticks like glue to your brain or you're like man remember that time i was going through that really shitty time and this movie was on or this movie just seemed like it was always on or i just was so like tired all the time i couldn't bother to switch the dvd out of the dvd player i just you know whatever um yeah this one is not necessarily one uh, my next one for for me would not necessarily be one that is like tied to anything in my youth or it's actually a movie I didn't even see all the way through until you know I was a good good ways into my adulthood um, It's from one of my favorite directors it's from a, a director who was in one of my essentials but for me it is uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world
1: Great score.
0: It's so fun. Yeah. It's just fun. It's It did everything that I I'd never read the comics. So, like, I know a lot of people who are big fans of the comics. Maybe they like it. Maybe they don't. I don't know what they have to say about it. Or not comic or graphic novel. Excuse me. The I don't video know. game. And stuff yeah, whatever. Um, I, I take it, like, y- listeners, you'll probably hear in further episodes. But, like, I am of the firm believer in that, you know, source material and film adaptation can coexist and be, you know, you'll see The Shining, the book, The Shining, the movie, both excellent, excellent pieces of media on their own. One inspired the other, whatever. So if you liked the Scott Pilgrim, you know, graphic novel, um, and you like them, you can like both. it does It's not a, you know, whatever. But just so much fun. And and it really, I think, um, up to that point in Edgar Wright's, like, career – Was a push that I think he needed because we've spoken about in Hot Fuzz like those ridiculous quick cuts and ridiculous you know kind of angles and shots and things like that. And looking at a a source material like Scott Pilgrim that's very influenced by video games and comic books and all those things, and you've just got the pow zoom, you know, the the health bar, the life bar. It's funny, man. It's just a fun, fun movie that is not necessarily super mainstream, but it it. I don't want to say it was the launch pad for a ton of careers either, but, like, you think about that cast. Obviously, Michael Sarah, Anna Kendrick, Brie Larson, Chris Evans. Yeah. Every single person in that movie still has a very lucrative and, and, and successful career. It's insane. Yeah, it's almost a multi-cast. Like, obviously yeah. it's not, but it's
1: it almost is. It almost feels like a multi-cast film. Because yeah. these were all actors that you knew about. But they weren't standalone right. movie stars, and then you're kind of like, oh shit! Like, they all ended up doing it. Yeah, half of them are on Marvel. Like, they're yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I think so. You got, You've got Marvel Captain Marvel America and Captain Marvel, right there. Yeah, or yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's other ones too. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think about it right now, but
0: yeah. um, that's funny. But it's it's just it's just a fun movie. It is yeah. Like you said, great soundtrack. Yeah. I-, I mean honestly, iconic soundtrack for me. Just Beck and 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 just no, i and can't the, say enough the about bands
1: that. in the movie themselves like
0: Bray yeah larson singing hello
1: metric again, yeah friend uh-huh. of a friend yep. i fucking love that song. i
0: actually like that version better than the. no no offense to the members of metric but i like yeah. that version better than the studio it's version. <laughs> yeah it's a lot of fun it's a good movie man it's it's just it's just enough it's got the noises and the soundtrack and the action and it kind of keeps your attention but you can tune out for a second and then something fun happens and it's just like you watch the behind the scenes of it and how they film certain shots you know of him throwing like the package over his shoulder it took like 47 takes to get the package over his shoulder into the garbage can and it's just Um, so fun
1: what's her name she's Anna Kendrick's friend no she's Brie Larson's friend she works at the coffee shop the actress Audrey Plaza. Yeah. She hated him. Um, uh, what's his name? Michael Cera? Yeah. Oh, in real life. There was it, beef? Yeah, there was real beef That's there. funny. And I, she was just annoyed yeah. with him because he they were at a certain age where he was still, like, he was trying to be funny in an annoying way.
0: This must have been... Yeah, this was... There's right after interviews. I'm pretty sure this is right after Superbad. Right? There's yeah, interviews
1: like where he's... 2010 maybe? She's mad at him. Which I thought was funny. And there was <laughs> yeah. like real animosity in those scenes. And it's like, you fucking idiot. And it's like, <laughs> oh, that was good. Yeah. Uh, my next one's a comedy. My next one is a comedy that I will say is probably one of my favorite comedies. It is my favorite movie of this actor. Um. It is one in my dad's favorite films that we watched together we had this vhs and we just ran through this fucking tape like it just we just destroyed it big daddy
0: <laughs> fuck i love this movie okay. so
1: much adam sandler is the in one of my opinions he's the one of the ghosts he's he's gotta be on the mount rush more of comedic actors and he did a little bit of stand-up then snl and then started doing all these <laughs> movies and, like, my wife would argue with me and say The Wedding Singer is her comfort Adam Sandler film.
0: What is it about our wives in The Wedding Singer? It's a good movie. My, it's, it is it, such a good movie. I think that's, again, sidebar about this particular issue here. But, yeah, The Wedding Singer is just a good movie. I it's, think there's a lot of times you'd be like, it's a good Adam Sandler movie. Or it's a good XYZ actor movie. No, it's a, no, a, good, it's good, a good movie. Yeah. It's a good
1: comedy. And it's, it's um... But Big Daddy, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Big Daddy. He's just so funny. And then, like, Jon Stewart's in the movie. and Great cast.
0: Leslie Mann? Yeah, and she's funny. I, again, I, I look forward to the day where we can really dig into, you know, comedy, like, specific comedy movies. Because I love, Leslie. I feel like she has never, still, she's had such a great career and has never really gotten the respect and, like, maybe not respect from her peers. And I don't know how she's been treated in, in, in the industry. Well, but, she continues to dude, work. She's so... So funny.
1: Yeah, she continues to work. She's married to... Um, Judd Apatow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she continues. Her, her daughter's an amazing actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's doing so well. So it's like, no, I, I feel like within the community, she gets respect. I think people we see her as this side character. Yeah. um, And if you think about it, she's in really funny movies. And whatever lead she's up against, so like Adam Sandler's the lead. She yep. always matches that That's energy. Exa-
0: yeah, I had a feeling you were gonna go there. Like she completely can hold her own with the yeah. guys. Jon Stewart, Adam Sandler, Paul Rudd. Like yeah. she's yeah. So and the, but Big Daddy. And that ends our segment on how much we love Leslie Mann. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she's, no, she's hilarious. She's so great.
1: Watch the watch her movies just for her. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's got again quotables. Mm-hmm. I love quotables. Big Daddy has so many. Qu- we wasted the good surprise on you. <laughs> yeah. I okay. The other day, I was telling my <laughs> wife about my list, and I watched this movie by myself in the middle. Sausage egg,
0: sausage egg,
1: No, when he's in the courtroom and the guy tells him, goes, "It's not my problem. Your father was sick," and he's like, stop yelling at me.'
0: It's it's fucking hilarious. It's OJ can get away
1: with murder. Why
0: can't Sonny have his kid? I I think with with a lot of those Adam Sandler, like that peak Adam Sandler comedy era, though, they, unlike the Apatow movies we were talking about where it's a simple premise that's believable with maybe some exaggerated things, yeah. Adam Sandler movies take it a little bit farther. They're a couple steps further into yeah. the absurdity, but they still work. Um, I think you watch most Adam Sandler movies and they have a very familiar formula where, like, you have that. You know, he, he plays that same kind of character. The underdog like, who's a bum yeah yeah there's a moment where he's gonna yell and then i do you know he's gonna do a goofy thing but um yeah i think big daddy uh you know aside from the wedding singer is a movie where it does have a lot of heart um anybody who has father issues again like i said like i do will definitely be touched by that movie as well um but it's a great cast it's a lot of fun it's a good pick. It's a really good movie. Yeah, pick. I love that movie. I God, I love that movie. More so than much. something like Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore, so I'm impressed. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I will <clears throat>
1: say that um Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore are you could say they're funnier. But Adam, the Big Daddy has a lot of heart. A lot of Like heart. The Water Boys is a really funny movie. Yeah. But the heart in Big Daddy is what kind of hooks me right. in. I would say um another Adam Sandler movie, which my wife would she would agree with and she introduced this movie to me was uh 50 first dates. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot it's funny as hell and it's got a lot of heart. And yeah. you're just kind of like, oh hey, it it catches you. It just yeah. gets something inside you that you're kind of like, fuck, man, I love this woman this much. Like you look at your wife and it's like, yeah, I would I would do this for you. Like I I hope I would be this type of guy. So,
0: I can't say the same for my wife. I don't know if she would do that. I mean, she'd be annoyed. <laughs>
1: no, no, no. I say we would do it for our yeah, wives. Yeah, all right. I don't expect my wife yeah, to do it. She'd grab me by the collar and be like, stupid. Yeah. It's me. Yeah. My wife doesn't want to iron my clothes.
0: So, it's a little different. Yeah. All right, what's your next pick? Your last pick. My next and last pick is going to be from far left field. You are not going to expect it. Um it is funny, it's action-packed. It I guess it's kind of in the same vein of Rush Hour, but it's not as outwardly comedic, but it's a buddy cop kind of Okay. Die Hard with a Vengeance, Die Hard Three. Okay. I fucking love this movie. I love the the dynamic between Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. It's so funny to me. It just like there's a scene in the movie, the whole anybody who's seen it, if you haven't, you know, it kind of picks up. It's sort of a pseudo direct sequel to Die Hard One, where the main baddie is the brother of. Alan Rickman's character from the first one. Yeah. And he is taking his revenge on uh, Bruce Willis's character, Why, uh, McLean. I don't know. I drew a blank yeah. on his name for a second there. And he's having him run all around the city doing all these things as re, as part of his revenge plot. Samuel Jackson winds up getting, his character winds up getting uh, sucked up into this plot. And the scene that always sticks out in my mind, there's two of them specifically, but the one that always sticks out in my mind is uh, they go to a pay phone. Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson. And they pick up the phone, and uh, the uh, the bad uh, guy, the villain, is Jeremy Irons. And he's on the phone. Yeah. He tells them this this word puzzle. I have seven brothers, seven seven wives for seven brothers. How many? Blah, 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 I don't know. And it's just got that really good back and forth between these two guys where they're arguing about the answer, and Samuel L. Jackson's just, it's zero. The answer is, or, or the answer is one, excuse me, the answer is one, and Bruce Willis, <laughs> I don't know if it's scripted or not, he looks at the keypad of the payphone, and for anybody who doesn't remember payphone, he used to be able to put quarter in, yeah. 50 cents into it, you make a call. <laughs> and um, he looks at the keypad on the payphone, he's like, how do I dial one? <laughs> Samuel L. Zero 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 one. He just like without missing a beat. It's so funny. It's so snappy that I love the dynamic between these two guys. It's got you know it's got explosions. It's got the suspense. It is a lot of fun. Put it on when you're getting ready to take a nap or if you have an afternoon to kill. <laughs> it's a good time. It's a good fucking time. I did not watch any of the Die Hard's. I'm surprised. Not even the first one. Not even the first the, one. The, the movie Kaya. that is argued up, down, left, and right about whether or not it's, it's actually a Christmas movie. I say it is. Yeah, it's, if it's around Christmas time
1: it's a Christmas movie, I think so. I yeah. yeah. So. Nightmare before Christmas, it's got it in the name. It's a Halloween and a Christmas movie. It's a Halloween yeah. and a Christmas. Harry Potter has Halloween and Christmas scenes. It's Christmas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like it's got to have a it's got to have at least 10 minutes of Christmas in it for it to be for me to like be like okay, yeah. this is this is Christmas. Yeah, I agree with you. It doesn't really necessarily do. have to be set during. The whole film doesn't have to be during yeah, Christmas. Not, but, it doesn't have to be the Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I'll give it to you. Yeah. So, yeah, Oh, I'm doctors. excited to do a holiday one because I could talk your ear off about uh, Just Friends. <laughs> that's, my, oh. that's the best Christmas movie. But, anyway, yeah. We'll do a holiday special closer to Christmas. Just Friends with um, Natalie Portman? No, no, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Anna Faris. Oh, yeah. oh, when he's the fat guy. Hey.
1: Oh fuck, man, that movie's depressing, kind of. No, it's yeah, because he's no. a piece of shit at first. Well, I mean, but he's he's the nice guy, and then he's a piece of shit. He's like falling it, off it, his bike.
0: It's pro. Yes, we'll get into how problematic yeah. his uh, point of view on women and relationships is. But it's yeah, we'll do a whole holiday. We'll do the yeah. pretty good flick holiday extravaganza. Yeah, that's tune be a good in way. for that. But that's it for me, man. Those are those are. That's scratching it, the one. server. There's plenty more. There's plenty... Yeah. You know, we talked about animation while we were talking about this. I think Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island is easily... I fucking uh, love that movie. It's, that, again, it, it happened at a point where they were like, okay, you had the original Scooby-Doo show, then yeah. you had some other... You know, you had the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. You had all the guest stars like Phyllis Diller and the Harlem Globetrotters, and they were fun. Yeah, Batman. Batman and Adam West, you know, all that stuff. And then they came out of nowhere. Came out of left field with this movie that's just... a It just smacks every way of like top tier animation quality top tier voice acting scary funny but the food
1: looks amazing it's one of the reasons i visited new orleans
0: you get that poor boy yeah
1: Uh, that catfish it's funny that you bring up animations because we're talking about adam sandler and i think eight crazy nights is super underrated as not only an Adam Sandler film, but an animated film. Yeah. It almost made my list, too, because I was thinking about it. I was like, man, what cartoons? And I'm like, that's a dirty cartoon, yeah. but it's a good one. Yeah. But the last movie on my list, I'll give you guys a little bit of background about myself. I am half Mexican on my father's side, and on my mother's side, I'm half Greek. And there's a documentary out there about us. Called my big fat Greek wedding. (laughs) That's what my Papu Panayoti, Grandpa Panayoti, used to say. Because this movie's not a, this is not a movie. This is a document. This what's so funny? (laughs) There's no script here. No, and I I was telling Anthony before. I'm like, when he's talking, when the dad Gus is talking about, oh, arachnophobia. Arachna, the Greek word for spider. Phobia, phobia means a fear. And we would laugh (laughs) because we're laughing at my grandfather. And he's just looking at us like, "What's funny?" He's right. Like, there's no joke here. Yeah. He's telling these kids something they need to know. And, it just went right over his head. Yeah, it just <laughs> went completely over his head. Because if you're if you're Greek out there, um, I know Italians go through this as well. If you're really like close to your family, they're very Greek. Like some people are just very what they mm-hmm. are, um, and they overdo it to a certain extent. And I I understand why they do it now that I'm older. It's to preserve that cultural identity True. and to not lose it with the the next generations, um, but that movie, God, when that movie came out, it was one of those things where like there was a lot of Greek actors in the movie, a lot of Italians too in that mm-hmm. movie, but um, Mediterranean actors, funny they would, they have Easter like Greek Easter, and we celebrated Greek Easter that way with lamb and spanikopita and and. And you would go to a panedis, which is like a festival, like during Greek Easter, and um, it was, it was the lamb on a spit. I swear to God, we did that. We had lamb on a spit multiple times, and people thought you were crazy. And I was like, Nah, this shit's good, bro. And and just the the over the top, the overbearing mothers, mm. and the grown ass men who were still on the tit like <laughs> this is not this is a documentary this is like a a story of somebody's life that they just put in movie form it's
0: yeah. too real
1: it, yeah it was weird cuz everybody's like there's stereotypes yes but n- no like <laughs> no they they are but they aren't you know like i think the only thing that i i wouldn't say my family did was the windex thing they talk shit about turks which is weird because we got everything from them. Like, yeah. all our best food is pretty much Turkish. <laughs> um, Greeks are going to get mad at me when I say that, but it's true.
0: Um, Let us know, pgfpod at gmail.com. Yeah, like, Just address that tomorrow, though, not to me. Yeah, honest. yeah, sorry. The Italians can get mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but,
1: yeah, it's one of those movies, again, sat down with my... And th- that's a movie that I sat down with 30 people in a room, 40 people in a room, with cousins and uncles and aunts and second cousins and great uncles and grandparents and watch that movie and it's cr- it was crazy to watch with all these people and it was so fun and it's just a it's a movie my wife brought it up to me today when I was making this list I couldn't figure out I was like these last couple of days I was really thinking about this list and we talked about it this morning that we were going to record and then I was like fuck man what movie really defines like my favorite Probably my favorite comfort film, and it's gotta be my Big Fat Greek Wedding. And the second one is good too. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. It is a good movie, and I think it's so funny. And this sense of like, the second one has to do with the daughter and how she's gonna go <laughs> to another college and I'm far sorry. away.
0: The way that you, <laughs> I don't mean, to interrupt, but the way that you put your finger up and you scrunt, you look like De Niro. Yeah. Like I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. that's the Greek in me. <laughs> De Niro probably got some Greek in him. Yeah,
1: but. It really is like "Eh, I don't give a fuck. Like, (laughs) "Eh." yeah, exactly. But yeah, you
0: telling me you don't like? Yeah, yeah. So you telling me my
1: big favorite? Let me tell you. Yeah, hands down, one of my favorite comfort films of
0: all time. Good one. Good pick. I've never seen it, but it's gonna be on my list now. That's so. I I. I, I, That's what I. That's what I mean, though. Is like that's why I was excited to do this topic today, and why I wanted to be what we're going to call kind of a, a tent pole episode where anytime we have guests on, like, this is what I want to know. I want to know what your essential movies are. What's essential to you. What is a comfort film and why, what is the story that, that tied this movie in your brain as being something that brings you, it's like a blanket. It just, you just, it sits on you and it's warm and it's, you know, it's heavy and it's not in a suffocating way, but like a, it's like a hug, you know? Um, no, and we only did six movies because we can't sit
1: here for I can't, Yeah. 24 hours popping out. There's so many more movies out there. Yeah. I was thinking of, um, we talked about Marvel and how Moon Knight came out. Mm-hmm. And my wife is like, why do we like this so much? I'm like, oh, because The Mummy came out when we were younger. I
0: was so close to putting The Mummy on my <laughs> I, It's on my phone. I feel, it, it, again... <coughs> I feel like Brendan Fraser is maybe him and Matthew Lillard. If they ever wind up hearing this, I feel like those are two guys that we could probably get on the show. We're only just getting started. I but wish I would fucking lose my mind if we could get one. Brandon of Brendan Fraser, just- I love that guy. I love his redemption arc. I, I feel like a lot of people are on board with him. I mean, for him to come out and and, and you know just be so brave and be like, hey man, I was sexually assaulted and I was terrified. Of coming out to say anything about it because no, of the it, backlash. It's like
1: what you said about The Phantom Menace. It's Love our that. generation that brought him back. It's like, dude, so are you good. kidding me? You're going to talk shit about Tarzan?
0: Yeah. You're going to talk D- shit about... Dudley Do-Right? About O'Connor? Like, this guy yep. killed mummies. Not only the mummy, but have you, again, uh, You know, have you gone back and rewatched Blast from the past? No. Does no, no, no. not get it? the credit that it deserves. Really? really? It's on Hulu. Like Airheads? I love it. No, I love Airheads more than I think The Mummy. Airheads really? A, especially because it's got such a. Anybody who's not familiar, Airheads is a movie that came out like 93, 94. Yeah. Very under the radar. Like, only I think like metalheads and like true, you know, rockers and like yeah. people would know that about this movie. But it was. Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi, and Adam Sandler. Yeah, great movie, and I like that Adam Sandler it was not the lead. It was the beginning lead. of all their careers. All so. of their careers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like maybe right after Encino Man. So I think Brendan Fraser had done maybe one or two movies, but like this was he was the lead. Yeah. Uh, they are a, a trio, rock band trio, heavy metal trio, whatever, and they're trying to get their demo played on the radio so that they can get like our uh, metal, huh? Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Exactly. Um, they're trying to get their demo played on the radio so they can try to get a record. Deal, and they uh, they break into the the radio station, and they're like, "Hey, man, we'll get out of your hair in a minute." They go into the, the the DJ booth, and we're like, "We just need you to play this demo. You know, don't worry about how we got in here. Just play the demo, and we'll be out of here." And all hell breaks loose. They wind up uh, incidentally kidnapping and holding hostage yeah. the entire radio station. It is hilarious. If you like those movies, like Happy Gilmore, yeah. uh, you know Billy, Billy Madison, Madison. That's you yeah. know I I. I I truly just am so surprised that people don't know about this movie more. Wayne's World is... Not, again, because Wayne's World was another movie that was heavy on the music. Music was a huge part of the identity of that movie. I didn't even think about it. You know, it. with Alice Cooper, you know. I didn't even yeah. think about this
1: that movie for my comfort list. Really? But it's up there. Yeah, Wayne's World is up there. The up there. first one is funny, dude. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. God. But it's... it's Anyway, we went off a way big tangent, but hey, if Brendan Fraser or yeah. Matthew Lillard again, I'm gonna because I'm gonna talk about uh, hackers in one of these other episodes too, soon. Uh, soon. Uh, you know, listen? Like, we'd love to have you guys on. Yeah. If you know anybody who knows anybody who can get us in touch with them, <laughs> but the mummy. Yeah. Yeah, on. the mummy
1: was one of those movies. Like That's that movie so was for sure, almost on my list. It. Why is everybody so sexy in that movie? Everyone. Well, oh, especially in the second one. Everyone's hot. Yeah, yeah. Especially in the second one. Like, my the, wife even says the, it. Like the, they the fucking mummy
0: himself. Yeah, they
1: even. <laughs> Yeah, how do they get hotter? Because they were great looking people in the first one. And oh. in the second
0: one, you're just like. Oh, they had a, a, a Naksunamun. Just oh my God! With the long black hair and wow. just like the body paint, like what that awoke some shit in me when I was a kid. Yeah, I'm no, like, oh, okay. everybody. We were
1: all obsessed <laughs> with Egyptian mythology <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that, and like I was super. Remember those books at the like elementary school libraries mm-hmm. where they were like those history books, but they were really big. Yeah, and they had all the pictures, and they would just it would be like open the them up, and they had
0: like the envelopes that you would like stuff inside of stuff. You'd flip a page. And then it would be like an envelope glued into the page and you'd open it up and there'd be a note in it. I think so. I
1: think it might have been the same one because there was like Vikings and the samurai and the pirates. And one of them was the Egyptian ones. And I would get it all the time and reread it and just, oh, I learned all these things and like sarcophaguses. And I want to visit Egypt so bad. I loved
0: all that stuff. I had a book when I was a kid called uh, Baboons Waited on Tables in Ancient Macedonia. And I remember that because it was such an obscure long title and it was all about that weird stuff in yeah. ancient civilizations where uh, maybe it was Egyptian society where uh, uh, women would get diamonds drilled into their teeth yeah. or, or literally baboons. They like to train baboons to wait on tables. They'd come in, like they bring it and, oh your yeah. drink sir <laughs> you know like all that no, crazy it was shit, cool man. it was being, yeah.
1: being Greek, there's this very big um being half Greek and I, I know my family like on that like I know my cousins they're in Kalamata Greece and like I know them. Oh I love their olives. Yeah, yeah. exactly that's where <laughs> olives are from yeah. so there's olives. a there's a real connection to them. You know, there's still a connection. Um even though I'm I'm technically first generation but my mom came here when she was two years old. Um but my grandfather, R.I.P., used to say, he goes, oh, we got everything from the Egyptians. And Greeks don't like to admit it. But, like, the ancient philosophers, you know, Plato and Socrates and and Aristotle, Aristotle. Like, they were like, yo, we got, we got our ideas from the Egyptians. And those things, like, my grandfather would tell me when I was young. And then I would watch these movies and I'd be like, fuck, man, like, the Greeks were badass and we we did all these things. But, like, these guys were even more badass. And so, yeah, like, the mummy. Fuck man, that was almost That's on my list. It's a lot list. of fun, man. It's, it, it's, it's out of that would be number seven. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I gotta I gotta agree with you. Yeah. It'd either be Wayne's World or the Mummy. Did any also. of ours come out on that list of yours? Any of the ones that we uh I think we Forgetting had, Sarah Marshall came out on the list. Forgetting Sarah Marshall was definitely on the list, yep. Yeah. Um uh, I didn't see any other overlap. No, huh? I'll just uh, rapid fire a couple of the ones that I thought were really good picks but I didn't neither of us chose Dazed and Confused now if my wife were here she would absolutely pick oh, that one. okay excellent so much fun It. you know what is so great about the movie is just a slice of life nothing really happens in that movie but it's they're you know, just going through a period in a lot anytime. of Studio Ghibli oh you know what Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone fuck, yeah, right. yep. fuck you did, yeah you did get one Yep. I didn't get it none of my picks are on that Forgetting Sir Marshall Oh, yeah, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good That's a great movie. Yeah. I
1: feel like it's super underrated.
0: It's a lot of fun. It's it's very well written. It's very funny. Yeah. Um, well, that covers Comfort Films. The phenomenon of Comfort Films. I want to know PGF Pod at PGF Pod on Instagram, Twitter. We're on TikTok now, too. I made a TikTok. Oh, I, haven't, okay. I haven't put it on yet. <laughs> but uh, PGF Pod at gmail.com. Let us know, sound off. I really want to know. I want to know what movies you love that are comforting to you and why it's, it just, it circles into like why I wanted to start this in the first place. It's like, it's so interesting to me to hear why things are important to people and what's the story behind your favorite movie? What is the story behind, you know, you going to see this movie in the theater and hating it or whatever, you know? Like movies are such a universal thing. Like people who don't even like Movies, you've seen a movie, even if yeah. you wouldn't say like movies, watching movies isn't a hobby of yours. You've seen a movie, you have an opinion on a movie you hate or love, and you know, like what yeah. Else? So, it's um, I don't know, man, this is a good one. I was excited about this. I'm excited to revisit it with some guests. I want to see who's gonna say what, I want to see the overlap. Um, follow us, reach out to us, let us know. I think that's all we got for it. anything else you want to add, Marl?
1: No, just. Hopefully, people start to listen to the podcast. We'll start putting out things more often. Um, we're gonna try and shoot for every two weeks, so get ready for that. And if it if it kicks off, what was that statistic that you saw that after it's most podcasts don't make it 14 to fourteen episodes. episodes so so this
0: will be we're recording what should be episode two. So yeah. we still have a little bit of a road ahead of us. Uh, I don't anticipate it's gonna be a problem though because we got a lot to say. So. Hopefully you 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 know if you're listening you've got a lot of capacity to listen. (laughs) Let's just
1: ramble. (laughs) What's next on our list? Let's give them a kind of an idea of what's gonna come up next.
0: Um, well, we can choose between uh, guilty pleasures. We can choose between I don't know. We have we have a lot of. I don't want to spill too many of the uh, too many beans here. You know, I want to keep some of the beans in
1: the pot. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that one next. We've got guilty pleasures. We've got
0: uh, cult classics. We've be a good got, one. I, you know, which one uh, you mentioned. Actually, your wife Ashley said, uh, "One and Duns. I'm very excited because yeah, One and Duns is going to be a good one. You know, mov, you know, movies that you watched one time, you enjoyed. You could sit there and be like, "That was a great movie. I appreciate what you did with the filming and the performances, the acting. It was all great. I never need to see it again. Yeah, I don't ever need to watch this movie again." Um, I think actually that would be a good one, but we'll we'll see. We will see. Yeah. They're all going to get done at some point. We're going to just keep working down the line until uh, we run out of ideas or and when hopefully we, can soon, we start all
1: over <laughs> hopefully soon we'll bring in some guests our producer Cheyenne isn't here today but maybe next time we'll bring her in and then my wife She's Ashley as well it. and some other guests you know some friends and family and yeah. see what's up
0: yeah thank you so much for listening you know as always uh, we are just super appreciative if you are listening and if you have listened to the first episode uh and if you're listening to this episode and if you subscribe we're on apple we're on amazon music spotify google podcasts pretty much wherever you get your uh your podcast from and uh yeah subscribe and prepare for some more episodes we're going to keep getting them out as as often as we can so thanks a lot everybody all right thanks a lot peace out